Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to engage with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. To say that my next guest, Max De La Cruz, and I hit it off from day one is an understatement. You guys know this. Save for the initial introduction and booking process leading up to recording day, the conversations I have the honor of sharing on this podcast are oftentimes the first interaction I have with the guest. While I will admit there is some level of risk involved in such a process, I can tell you for a fact that there is a huge and resounding takeaway when you get to connect with someone who, in all honesty, truly happens to be on the same wavelength as you on so many levels. To keep things simple, let's draw up a checklist so you can see what I mean. Dedicated father. Check. Loving husband. Check. Fun-loving playfulness. Check. Content creator and vlogger. Check. Ferocious entrepreneur. Check. Author. Well, as far as I'm concerned, that's still an item I need to knock off my personal bucket list, but you guys get the idea. On this episode, Max and I kick back and dive into a wide array of topics near and dear to both our hearts, such as leading by example, given the current pandemic, the importance of being present as opposed to simply giving presence, self-awareness, manhood, the grind, mental health. Suffice to say that this was indeed a jam-packed episode and yet another exciting conversation, which I do hope you'll enjoy. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 125 with Max De La Cruz. Here we go. First and foremost, I really want to thank you because, uh, again, I know these things are really like in the world of the interwebs and the Instagram acquaintances and connections. You know, when I was just talking with Daina, uh, who was just like a recent guest on the podcast, and, she, and I was just yeah. like, hey, if you know anybody like, you know, who'd be down for this type of, type of experience because I'm such a laid back guy. And she's like, dude. Like, really, like you should have you should have Max on. He's totally good people. It's like, who? It's like, who? And she sent me your profile. And I'm like, and I, I just blogged through. I just love the family cruise vlog. I just love it because of like, oh, this is this is so similar. But first and foremost, obviously, it's a pleasure and a gem uh, to welcome you on the podcast. Max, thank you so much for accepting the invitation. As you know, as we are about the podcast, it's all about, you know, just regular people, just like you and I. And, you know, just promoting the best that we can out there into the universe, because I believe that. We're not such special snowflakes that, you know what, the best thing that can happen is for us, our story and our experiences to help and inspire even one person. And if that can happen, it's a job well done. And, you know, I know you're all about that. You know, the fatherhood, the grind, the hustle. You're an author. You're a vlogger. You're an an advocate of awesomeness because I really love everything that you promote. And it's in that same fire and energy. I just want to welcome you on the podcast. So thank you so much for accepting the invitation. Thank you very much for having me. Really, it's a, it's a pleasure. And, uh, and, you know, like you said, I'm all about connecting with people who want to, to do something positive. I think we have so much, there's so much negativity. I have so much room in our everyday lives or on the net or whatever that every time I get the opportunity to, to, to collaborate or be a part of something great that is going to bring either awareness or bring something positive as a whole, I'm always down for it. So thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. We were talking just before hitting record. We were talking about how we as parents, you know, and I know a lot of people are talking about the pandemic and stuff, but I don't want to bring the entire negativity and toxicity about it. It's all about the reality that we all know as parents. 
Tell me when it hit and officially that, you know, that the government, you know, passed the decision. You know what, everybody stay home. What were the few, what were the few days, first few days like for you? Um, well, you know, personally, um, we always, we always want to make sure that we spend time with our kids. Uh, we always want to make sure that we, we have enough time with them. We don't spend like, uh, like we, I get home from work and I'm just staying in front of my computer or everybody's in front of a tablet. So when it first hit, my, my initial thought was, all right, at least if we're home, we're going to be safe. The, my, my main focus was to make sure that all family members were safe. Uh, and then afterwards, I was pretty convinced. Uh, actually, I was certain that whatever would happen, we will be able to work through it. But if if we just had the mentality okay, of, okay, let's pull out the kids from daycare. And I, I think before that, uh, I think we were gradually stopping to stop. You know, we we, um, we stopped sending our, our youngest to the daycare a little bit. Because we noticed uh, a lot of people were getting sick. And the parents, I understand some parents, they have no choice but to send their kids uh, to daycare, if even if the kids are sick because they have to work or whatnot. And we were noticing slowly that a lot of kids were sick and they were still at the daycare. We were talking to the to the teachers. We're like, well, aren't you aren't you going to return them home? Can't you call the parents? And they're like, no. Well, we have to keep them. So gradually, we kept the kids uh, at home. So when that first hit, for sure, it, it was we were hit with something that was unknown and unfamiliar to us. But the main priority was just to make sure that everyone everyone in the house was safe. That says a lot about the mentality. And again, I'm not throwing shit at people who don't have kids, but, you know, talking from a father to another, I can't stray away from it because I'm very big about, you know, the advocacy of, you know what, kids don't ask to be born. So you have a role to play into their well-being. And that says a lot about, you know, the survival mode and the caretaker mode. You know what? Yeah, I'm sure that you, with all the reality of life, you know, job, obligations, bills and stuff, but at the core, the most, the, what I'm hearing from you is that the, the main thing for you is to make sure that you and yours were safe. And there's no, bigger, there's no bigger thing than that. And walk us through that. You know, sometimes, you know, the selflessness of parenting. Well, first of all, when, when, I first, when I got my firstborn, I realized that, okay, it's no longer about what I need. It's no longer about my needs. It's no longer about, oh, man, I, I wish I could go to the club. No, I, even though I didn't go to the club, but, like, I wish I could go, go out with my friends. As soon as I became a parent, like, it was all about, okay, what can I provide to her to make sure that she has everything that she needs? Uh, my firstborn is a girl. so uh, And I stepped into that mentality not thinking, okay, let me give her everything that I ever wanted, but let me give her everything that she needs. She's her own human being. She's her own self. So I had to make sure that uh, I had to switch my mindset before it was only me, my wife and I. And mm -hmm. and to be tell you the truth, we were we were praying to have a kid. We were praying to have that, to, to, to be able to have a kid. And we tried for so many years. So when we had, when finally we were able to have a firstborn, the, the first thing that, that we said to each other was like, no matter what, we need to make sure that the well-being of this child is, is top-notch or taken care of. On so point. During that, yeah, on point, exactly. So even when I, after that, when I did a few interviews for for job and even at my latest job, I told them, uh, yes, I'm a, a I'm a purchasing manager and all that, but before that, I'm a father. So if my kid needs anything, if I need to be absent from the office, if I need to be there uh, for her, uh, for a dance recital or whatnot, I will make sure that I'm there. And they understood that. And I think this is a, this is a problem that, not a problem, but this is something that us as, as fathers or, or as parents, we need to make clear to everybody else that 
the kids need need to become need to come first. So I will not uh, try to stay later at work just because I need to hand in that report. If I can't hand it in right now, it's going to be tomorrow. But if I have something with my kid, I will always try to make sure that she comes first. Just to piggyback on that, because I was raised very traditionally as well. Uh, my father was on the road a lot. He was a civil engineer by trade, so he was always on job sites and going out of town and everything. Not to say that we weren't taken care of. We were loved, you know, to on point, as you said. Um, but the thing is, and I totally understand, and it so resonates with, resonated with me what you just said in regards to how we as individuals, as fathers, and as parents, we need to put that to the forefront. It's no longer the reality of, you know what, the job first and then the family. No, no. you have to bring in that reality first and foremost. And if your employer is willing to back you up, good on you. And that, you know, employees also want to know that, you know, I'm not sure if you, if you agree, employees would like to know that, like, okay, can I rely on you on t- up to what point? Are you the kind of parent who, who are a kind of employee or collaborator who's going to put family first? Oh, okay. So we, I know what, which parameters to work with. And I think that conversation needs to happen. Don't you think? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and just the fact that you're able to stand and say, okay, my, my family comes first, it shows that you're dedicated. It shows that you're not afraid of taking responsibilities. Uh, like, I wouldn't want if I'm hiring someone, someone that, okay, no, uh, uh, I have something with my family, but I'm going to cancel it just to make sure I stay longer at work. No, it, it, it's not about that. Your family needs to be your, like your first ministry, uh, your first, before you try to impress anybody on the streets or at work, you have to make sure that your family is taken care of because it's useless to, to, to go on social media or outside to, to front an image of who you are if the person who are living with you have a complete or total different image of what you're supposed to be. Definitely, because we get so lost into, you know, the, the, the portrayal of, um, you know, efficacy and reliability yeah. and being on the grind and everything. But if your home, your castle, you know, your domain is not taken care of, uh, the equation is not not aligning. And I love what you said a little bit earlier in regards to, you know, yeah, if I need to hand that report, okay, um, if I'm at work, I'm at work. But, you know, if the report has got to wait because I got to be at the dance recital, I'm going to choose the dance recital. And you know what? It's something that you learn over time with career and jobs. And I'm saying this very openly and you can contradict me if you want. There will always be work. There will now not always be time. Oof, man, this is this is gold right here. This is a this is a title for, for this is a title. This is a big title. And yes, it's true. And you know what? I learned it the hard way. Uh, so. when I when because the, the, the previous job that I had, they had the mentality or the it was within the uh, the company's uh, uh, I, I guess I would say work ethics that everyone would work overtime. And we were not paid overtime. Yeesh. But the thing, but the thing is that that was a different type of overtime. When I first did the interview, they told me, "Are you willing to work overtime?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like if I need to, uh, if the job needs to get done, and for a period of time, yeah, for sure, I'll do it." But then the overtime became, "Okay, well, you got to work until two or three in the morning," because my boss was doing it, her boss was doing it, some of my colleagues were doing it, so they were doing it. So I was working until two in the morning. Then I had to wake up at six. And then start to work at seven. And then even on the weekend, sometimes I, I was working. But like you said, there will always be work. And one time I was working and my oldest was like, well, daddy, you're, like, you're always working. Like, why can't you stop and play with us? And then the light bulb went in. I'm like, okay, yeah, she's absolutely right. Like, I don't even know why, like I'm killing myself to get this thing done when 
I know that as soon as I close my email and I open it back up on Monday, I'm going to have 30 other emails asking for 30 different things. So at that time, I spoke to my boss. I'm like, I understand the culture. That's the word that I was looking for. I understand the company's culture that everyone has to work uh, overtime. They have to do sacrifices. But this is not for me. I, I cannot do that. And um, it didn't go well. <laughs> they didn't take it well. Uh, but I stood at my ground. At least you know where your values stand. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you, and you know what? Yeah, go ahead. No, no. no I, I, I just wanted to say that. After I stood my ground, for sure it didn't go well for the, for the next couple of months because they were, um, I guess they were say, offended or whatnot. But then I ended up having a much, much better situation that I, that I initially had with them. So I, I'm, just, I'm just thankful that I, I had the, the, um, the strength to just stand up and trace the line and tell them I will not be doing this. And you know what? It totally resonates. Whether it's in parenting or career or whatever um, holds true in regards to your values, in regards to your dedication, in regards to your sacrifice, you have to know what you're willing to suffer for. You're willing to suffer for X amount, not really money, but you know, as you said, the company's culture. And if we're talking about, you know, our career, because again, you know, we're all about people who want to push and grind and everything. And you know what? You know that some certain things are going to cost you. They're going to cost you time. They're going to cost you energy. But it all has to balance. If your family's suffering, and as you said, kids, I'm sorry for the, for the expression, kids are very good bullshit detectors. They know, yeah. all right? So if your child can walk up to you and tell you, you know what? Why are you always working? And it's the most naive question ever. And you could try to brush it off. But from what I'm sensing and from what you, what you told yourself, because you had to actually stop and tell yourself, why am I working? Why am I working? And is that the type of conversation that you encourage with your children? Because I also want to hear your perspective in regards to, you know, as opposed to when, you know, how my previous generation were with like, you know, the, you, the parents' world and kids' world are two different things. I right now yeah. believe you should be open with your kids. Like, don't tell them about, you know, the, 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 the mortgage and, you know, the, the, the card needs to be fixing. But if you had a bad day at work, they should know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree conversation and understanding of the current situation is something that is so uh, crucial. I think uh, from my, uh, the way my mom brought me up, um, we need to, well, if I can compare from how my mom brought me up to, to how my, my style of parenting, I want to make sure that my children understand what's going on. Uh, so like you said, I'm not going to tell them, well, uh, this, uh, don't touch this because it costs so much. But, like this is, Cost, the, the cost of things and, and, and money, the money value, this is something that is done gradually. But I think if you're open with your children and you, and you have a conversation with them, they also will be inclined to have a conversation with you when something is not going right. And this is something that we need to start at a, at, at, as soon as they're able to, to talk and express their feelings and their emotions. I do that exercise with my, my oldest daughter and even with my youngest, who, who's four, if I see that she's not into it or she's not she's feeling sad well i'm trying to ask questions i'm trying to say okay what's going on i'm trying to relate to 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 her problem and if i have something that is happening in my life that i know that they can relate to because they have a, a wonderful memory like they, they, they remember things that i don't even remember but so if i'm able to get something and i'm able to teach them something out of uh, an experience that i'm living uh, i think it's all it's all for the better in the long run sometimes i guess the parents we, we start too late 
either the the education or or, or discipline or or talking to with our children, but this is something that needs to be done uh, as soon as we can. And one thing also, if I if I can revert back to sure. uh, when I was when I was working a lot, I saw a quote that actually I had posted on 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 our on our page, and it was uh, it, it said, "Children don't say I had a hard day. Can we talk? They say, will come and play with me." And then once I realized that, okay, it could be true. Like a kid will not tell you, oh, I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling sad, or, or such and such at the, the daycare at school was mean to me. Kids will always say, can you come and play with me? And th- at that point, when my, my daughter said, okay, well, you're working so much, like, uh, why can't you play with us? I, I, it clicked, and I'm like, you know what? They need your presence far more than any financial present that you can give them. Like your presence is, is gold for, for kids. So I really encourage the, uh, the, the dialogue with our kids. And the parents that, that, that could be saying, well, they're too young, they don't understand, that's not true. That's absolutely not true. Because is, it's, so, it's so empowering to know that, you know what, as much as you think they're not listening, they know. They know, oh, yeah. they know when you're off, they know when, you know, it's so funny just talking to you right now. I just had a light bulb that just hit me when I had that same conversation with my kid just last week. What happened is just like, just like you sometimes, like, you know, I have to go into the office right now. I'm, I managed to maybe 50, 50 work from home and go back to the office. And what happened, as you know, I'm, in, I'm I work in service in, in my nine to five. So I'm involved with all like shipping, production, sales, but the salespeople sometimes have attitudes so what happened i just had like a fiery a fiery conversation uh, with, with a sales rep and let's just say like you know it wasn't like the most pleasant one and i come home and you know my daughter actually saw like so daddy how was work I'm like yeah you know it's like i did i did this i did that this i was that and then it's like yeah and daddy had you know an argument with a friend i was just calling it a friend it's like and how do you feel daddy and i'm like well you know, I'm a little bit upset because I didn't like how he, how he spoke to me. It's like, did you tell him? I'm like, <laughs> and she, she flips it on me. But daddy, you're always telling me when my friends are, are not nice to me at school, I should tell them, not be mad at them, not scream at them, but I should at least tell them. At least they know how I feel. But did you tell him? And I'm like, did she just reverse mindset me right now? I'm like, Wow. If you think your kids are dumb, your kids are not dumb. Your kids are very aware and your kids will let you know. And you need to have these dialogues. You need to. True, true. Yeah, it's it's capital. And, you know, I I was having a conversation with someone last night. Uh, They were saying, oh, um, the way the way my father brought me up. I think we were talking about correction and his father using the belt. And if him, he would be using the belt. So he was like, well, the way my father brought me up, that's Mm -hmm. all that I know. So uh, if he whipped me with the belt, then I'm going to do the same thing. I'm just going to pass it down from generation, and then it was going to be up to my kids to do something else. I was like, no, nah, man. Like, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, I understand that, okay, your father uh, brought you up in a certain way, but you don't have to re- re- uh, repeat generational errors just because you feel like it's the easiest thing to do. Like, you need to change your mindset. So the conversation thing, I know that parents – uh, from the, the the previous generation, they were not big on that. Like, you, you don't talk back to your parents, you don't ask questions, you do as you're told, and that's it. But that's not how. How do you want to help the kid develop? If every time he wants to ask a question, or if he wants to question something that he doesn't understand, that you tell him, okay, be quiet. That's it, because that's that's that. 
So, um, yeah. Where do we, where does the balance, where's the balance? Because it's kind of a, you know, catch 22 question because we want to teach our children open communication. We want to teach our children independence and we want to teach them resilience and standing on their own two feet. But at the same time, we need to instill that discipline. We need to instill, you know, that, 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 that respect, you know, not respect for authority, but you know, I'm a parent. You still need to do what yeah. I tell you, even though you don't like it. How do you balance that? Because sometimes it does get tricky because sometimes they'll, they'll just talk back at you and you're like, if you had said that to your grandfather. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> definitely. That would be, yeah, that, that would be terrible. Um, I think, um, again, like if I could th- can take an example, like let's say my, my kids, they, they're kids, so they, lay, they leave things hanging around. So they play with something, oh, they do something else. They play with something, oh, they do something else. But I take the time to explain to them, okay, you need to pick up after yourself. Why that? Because uh, you, you need to have a clean house. Uh, it reduces the causes of accidents, such and so and so and so and so. So you, there's so many times where you repeat yourself. So once you gave uh, the child uh, the basis of why he needs to do something, then there shouldn't be any questions of why. Uh, or back talking or or uh, the child trying to uh, to uh, try to test your authority and you know you said authority but you are as a parent you are the the authority figure you 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 are the one who's protecting the, the child that's providing for the child so i understand uh, questions that are related to maybe something that do that they, that they do not understand but anything i think that is related to um, uh, order and discipline uh, for sure, they will ask questions of why they need to do something, but at a certain time or a certain amount of time that you're going to repeat yourself, they're going to understand that it's for a better purpose than just, okay, well, he's just telling me to do something because that's that. So there's still always um, a level of explanation, but then again, I'm not saying that not everything that you need to do, you need to explain to the child. So I think, like I said, it's a catch-22, but there's, there needs to be a balance. So. That's, I guess that's the best way I could explain to that. Oh, that's golden. That's golden right there. Because the reason I asked that is because I want um, our compadres, our fellow men out there, whether aspiring fathers or seasoned fathers, to, you know, let go, because I'm also very big about this, about the entire toxicity of um, the, 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 male, the male identity. I believe that mm-hmm. we are in a time where we need to evolve. Uh, I believe that we have a choice and a responsibility uh, to actually push the needle forward in regards to how we promote ourselves as men, uh, not just to our daughters. Uh, you have a daughter, I have a daughter as well, but also yeah. for the future in regards to our, our, our mates and how, how we relate uh, uh, to the female gender going forward. Because I believe that every single day that's given to us on this earth is a day to change uh, the conversation and the dynamic. And I know you're also very big about that as well. You make family, you know, first and foremost, you know, out of uh, you know that that's 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 a cornerstone uh, into your message mindset yeah. is also very important for you and you know i was just wondering has it always been like that for you like you know the mindset angle just like you know because you're a warrior because you're always about you know fierceness and like you know courage and you know just uh, attack the day and i've never yeah. i've never heard you say in any one of your contents like yeah you know even i'm sure you do have hard days like every single one of us but you're always mm-hmm. about you know what today is another opportunity and let's push forward. And I was just wondering where did that germinate from? Where did that come from? Well, from two people, my father and my mother, um, my mother, because she raised me uh, by herself. So she was working, um, she was working in a, in, a, in a nursing home, but she was working very hard and she managed to, to, to raise three kids. 
I was the last one, and I was the last one also. I was staying with her uh, until I, I got married, but I never saw her like when she was sick. She was like, you know what? I still need to work. I still need to make it happen. She was driven. She was focused, and she was bold. But at the same time, she was sweet. She was. She was like, like a, I forget the perfect balance. But the the drive that my mother had. And then at a very young age, I saw her. I'm like, wow. Like it doesn't matter if she's sick. It doesn't matter if it's snowing. Uh, at a certain point, she didn't have a car, so she had to wake up at four in the morning, take the bus at uh, I think it was four forty-five, five a.m. Get to work, do everything, come back home, cook for me, make sure the house is clean, get back, get go to bed, and then start all over again. So I was like, man, I need that. That seriously impacted me very much. So I'll, I always had like, you know what? I need to 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 work not because of financial reason, but because. I need to, I need to be, I need to stay driven. I cannot let any life situation happen and just stop me from my purpose and my goal. And the other person that, like I said, was my father, but it was for the totally opposite reason. My father is uh, a man that shies away from confrontation, shies away from, from uh, anything that is, uh, that, that, that is that. That requires him to own up to to uh, either his word or anything that he said. Like he, he backpedals a lot. And when he, um, him and my mother got separated, uh, I lost contact with him. But every time I got in touch with him, he was always scared. He was always shying away. He was not providing uh, what I needed in the father figure. So I was like, when I was growing up, I'm like, you know what? At first, for sure, I had resentment. I was mad at him and, and so on and so forth. But then afterwards, once I grew older, I'm like, you know what? I will not repeat what he did. You know, I know some men sometimes they use that as an excuse. Well, my father wasn't there, so I don't know how to be a father. Or my father wasn't there with my mother. He never showed love to my mother, so I don't know how to love my wife. That's ridiculousness. Like, like I was telling the guy, you just you can't just repeat generational errors just because that's what you had as an example. You have the opportunity to find father figures or find inspiration elsewhere. So these two combined together made me, I, I guess, made me who I am today. And the fact now that uh, I have children, I have three children, it, I think it increases it even more. So I'm, I'm really driven and focused to make sure that I need to make things happen. And not because, uh, like I said, not because I need to, to provide for them financially, but because there's always going to be something, like we said, there's always going to be work, but there's always going to be something that's going to happen from one week to another and I cannot decrease my level of dedication or the, the truthfulness that is behind my word because I had a bad day. That is so powerful. That is so powerful because who we are about, and it's not, again, it's not about who we say we are on social media and whatever the blogs might say about us, but who matters to us? Who are the people that are always there to witness us? our loved ones, our significant others, and our children, if we're lucky to have them, because everybody's journey is, is very singular. And just like you, you know, not, not too late ago, just like maybe over the weekend, um, you know, when you're just sitting there and you're just like, okay, the kids can actually go watch Netflix. But at the same time, I was just going outside, just doing some yard work. So I put breakfast for everybody. It was like 6 a.m., put breakfast for everybody. All right, coffee's running for my wife who's still sleeping. Grab my stuff, go outside, start raking the yard. And lo and behold, I see the patio door. My daughter comes in. It's like, Daddy, can I help? I'm like, yo. Okay. And I didn't ask. I didn't wake her up. I didn't say like, okay, I expect you to go. No, she's just like, Daddy, I'm ready. Okay, what can I do? What can I do? I'm like, wow. 
these are the things that you value. These are the things that tell you, at least I did this good job. Let sure. me attack the other day. You know what? And that is a very powerful statement. So thank you. Thank you for speaking that into the universe because that's true because men need to hear this. You need to be yeah. about that because your kids, trust me, they are watching you. And if oh, you're telling yeah. me like, well, you know, I don't have kids. I don't have kids. No, 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 no. Trust me. Somebody's watching eventually yeah. if that's, if that's yeah. your, your, your ambition. Um, what else I want to talk to Max about? How have you been able to create you know, because again, we've all been thrown into this uh, very big whirlwind of, uh, you know, isolation and self-confinement and everything. And how, because mm-hmm. again, it's all about balance because, you know, being stuck in such close corners with, because again, I'm not saying you hate your family, but sometimes <laughs> I know how proximity can cause a little bit of, uh, let's just call it a hailstorm sometimes. And you need to create that balance, you know, whether in or out of the home. How does a guy like you create balance? Because I do believe through all the conversations I've had with these champions, just like yourself, balance is important. You can't give what you don't have. So how does Max de la Cruz create balance to be able to get back into the world and attack? How do we achieve that? Well, work, working out is, uh, is one of the things that, that, that helps me create balance. But um, I think um, the fact that I'm working during the day and that I see the kids a little bit on and off, uh, at the end of the day, um, I think since we, we keep like we keep going with the same well we keep uh, the same schedule also for the kids even after the like let's say the the school day quote unquote is is done so there's a different ways that that we do that so yes there is um, spending time with the kids spending time with the kids either indoor or outdoors then I always take I, I always try to take the time to also work out uh, physical health is also such a, a key thing that we need that sometimes we undervalue. Sometimes we, we take it at the core, uh, as a chore where it is something that is so beneficial to our health. Uh, and then afterwards, there's different projects also that, that, I, that I'm working on that, that keeps me uh, passionate. So like the man cave was one of these things. Uh, finding, Congrats uh, on that, man. Congrats. That's, yes. a, that's a, some fire content right there. I can't wait for the one with Thierry Lando. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yes. it's uh, and, and you know, that came about because... Um, one day I was I was just like on my cell phone and then I don't know why for some reason like I think that night like everybody was online everybody was doing a live thing and then I just breezed through the different lives and then I realized that okay like there's a lot of content but there's not a lot of substance so a Ooh, lot of people fighting words <laughs> hey you know what I stand by those I started my I started my uh, uh, the first, the, the first man cave like that. I told them, if you're looking for something that is going to be trash or a conversation between men who are just hiding their feelings uh, behind sexual innuendos and making sex jokes just to be funny, that's not it. So we're, we're not there for that. And there's enough, there's enough. Um, I'll call it trash, but there's enough trash uh, out there like that. We we don't need that. Men do not need that. Men don't need to hear. Man. No, men need to hear conversation about okay. Brother, you're a king. You, you. There's a mindset that you need to have. It's okay sometimes if you feel down. Okay, how did you, how did you manage to go through this situation, through that situation? So for the first man cave, uh, I had a guest who's also a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. and you know he started uh, while we were having the conversation. He started talking about his divorce, and he was talking about yeah, well I was in depression, I went down, and this and that. And that was so genuine because a lot of people gave me feedback concerning that. Well, thank you for talking about being so open, being so honest. Because, uh, you know, divorce, sometimes we tend to think, okay, well, 
we divorce the guy just uh, okay he pays a certain amount for the kids and then he go live his life but it's not mm-hmm. true um, men have emotions as well like as as crazy as it may seem for some people men go through depression men go through times where they need help where they need support system so the man came i was like man this needs to be the spot where we're able to have a honest conversation about different things related to men so not only fatherhood but i think also fatherhood is so key and so important because um we tend to to push fatherhood to the side like okay motherhood is everything the mothers is the ceo they do this and that and it's true mothers do a lot of things and I, I do not want to knock off any work that a mother puts in because i know the work that my wife puts in i know mm-hmm. the, the work that a mother in general puts in but the value that resides into having a father figure uh and fatherhood it's also it's it's so needed and you know i I found that sometimes we only talk about fatherhood uh when let's say there's a lack of something or when there's an incident oh well he didn't have no father so that's why but how come we don't talk about those fathers who are providing those fathers like you said you you prepare the breakfast you rake the leaves you did everything like we need to big up also the men who are fulfilling the their responsibilities as fathers can i throw one in there sure because the thing is i think and chime in however you want but that's my raw feeling because i think it's because society or the other for us comes like it's an expectation well you're supposed to you know so why do i need to applaud you for something you're supposed to do yeah but i am still doing it it's like it's you see see what i'm saying because i'm even having a little bit of of a discomfort not discomfort but hesitation to actually say it but i know there's that in there because uh, it's expected of you to take care of the leaves it's expected of you to actually be the man but it's it's a little bit more layered than that and as you said we have feelings too men also cry men also go through depression i went through depression myself and you know Mm -hmm. it's 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 a very sincere thing but i'm sorry i cut you off very rude i apologize i apologize no 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 no, no. go ahead go ahead i think we're i think we're having an organic conversation no but it was it was very it was very intense because when you have to realize that you as a man and i did a i did a i did an interview uh last week i was invited on a uh, women's panel about the role of the man in the couple and, you know, I found myself being very vulnerable about it and been saying that, okay, ladies, you may be wanting to take just a little step back and try to be able to, okay, let's agree that your man is home because us as men have not been brought up to communicate, communicate, uh, be vulnerable, share our feelings because it's, it's very recent. It's very new. So we have to carry that insecurity with us. So yes, we'll be clumsy in the way we communicate our emotions. That's one thing. Second, also parallel to that women, and I'm going to say it, have not been brought up, yes, brought up, to receive the communication from men. So basic scenario, you're going to come in and you had a crappy day and your significant other, your wife or the other, is going to actually say like, what's up with you? What's your problem? But because you're the man, you're supposed to be tough, you're supposed to be the rock, you're supposed to be strong. Like, who are you? why Why would you be depressed? Why would divorce affect you? Like, no, why would it be? I'm being sarcastic but I'm being very truthful. And I think that's yeah. some of the weight that men are carrying. Feel free to chime in. I'm, I'm probably just talking like to other people. No, 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 well, that's how I feel. No, 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 no. I, I, totally, I totally agree with you. And you know what? There's a man, that, there's a guy that said once, he said, he said uh, it's not manly to take care of your kids. So it's not manly for a man to, to, to play with, with uh, his kids or have fun with his kids. It's not, to, to that person, it was not an act that was manly. And I was like, in what world 
are we living in for even a man to even consider that? Like, you, if only you knew the value that you that you bring by being there, the memories that you're able to create for your children. Like, you wouldn't be able. You wouldn't even think of saying that. So it's it's I'm I'm baffled sometimes at at the way that some people think uh, concerning fatherhood or, or or their view on manhood, and I can't. You know, I can't really blame it on on that person particularly. Uh, maybe it's their entourage or the way that that it was brought up. But like I said before, like there there are so many means of seeking knowledge and and, and trying to get new revelation, if I could say it like that, concerning your current status. That it, it's impossible for me to to think that way. Obviously, obviously, so, it's yeah. all about the reality that you speak into your own uh, your own universe because you have a choice. You talked about it, okay? Father did not give you the proper. Um, let's just say script in regards to what you perceived a father should mm-hmm. be. And you could have taken the excuse. You know what? Didn't have a father. He was in Sharon. I didn't have an example. Okay. What was me? Might as well be an abusive father an absentee father, a totally crappy father as they call Debbie yeah. dads. And I want that word to disappear, but you know, there are some of them out there, but at the same mm-hmm. time we have the power to overcome. And that's something that men need to step into. How can we help them do that, Max? Well, First, it starts with opening up about how they feel. Um, if we don't talk, if you don't talk about how you feel, uh, you're not going to be able to 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 um, get to the root of the problem. Personally, when I got when I got married, uh, I could say like, well, my wife kept saying that every time she had to get something out of me, she had to dig deep, she had to dig, 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 and ask questions and ask questions, and then finally, I give a bit of information. I would not give the full information or whatnot, but I still gave a bit of information. And I think uh, men, we, we are trapped into that. So we need to have like, uh, we need to have platforms. We need to have, uh, or actually we need to break that mentality that men are supposed to be tough and strong and not cry and just be robots, deliver the money and, and shave. Like we're, we're, we're more than that. So if we need personal, if we need to start, to, for starter, if we break that all mentality within our circle of men, uh, then afterwards work on the communication, work on, on expressing when something is bothering you, and not just, you know, I'm, personally I was trapped in that a little bit. Uh, I had a saying, uh, I will not say it in English, I think it's in French. Um, uh, no, you pick your battle. Mm-hmm. No, there's the same thing. Okay, no, you you pick your battle. Like mm-hmm. if it's not gonna matter, whatever, you just you just brush it off. But then I realized that I was picking my battles and I was brushing it off, but I was still thinking about it. I was still mad about it. So, okay, yeah, I'm picking my battles. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. But then afterwards, I was just piling up all that, that dirt, all that, uh, all that anger, all that madness inside of me where I, I should have just started sp- speaking about it. Like, okay, I, let me talk about this. Let me, let me, let me try to break, 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 break down how she's thinking of the way that she acted or whatnot. So we run into that, that problem also that we want to pick and choose a battle because we don't, we don't want to hear our wife's nag. We don't want to hear this. We don't want to, we don't want to get into an argument because it's Friday night. We don't want to, we, we don't want to have a headache because of this. But we, we fail to realize that by avoiding those uh, little arguments, then we're creating a war within ourselves. And then we're the only one suffering from the storm. So we need, to, we, need to, we need to be able to communicate and talk. 
we need to do that. And going back on what you're saying earlier, we need to choose to, again, yes, pick your battles because sometimes some arguments were not worth it. And sometimes, you know what, you need True. to let, let, let sleeping dogs lie. You know what, just, just leave it alone. It's totally fine. It's not retreating. It's just, you know, just choosing, is this worth the heartache and the frustration? I totally get those. We've all been through those. But yeah. I also encourage our compadres, I'm calling them our compadres, you mm-hmm. need to actually face the storm. You know why? Because you need to get better. Because there is something as fighting and fighting fair and fighting well. Because sometimes by avoiding so much arguments, sometimes it only takes that one little stupid little thing for things to escalate and blow out of proportion. And that's True. when you say or do something that you can't take back. I'm not sure if you, how yeah. you feel about that. No, I'm, I, like I said, I'm living proof of that. Like I was picking and choosing my battles all the time. I was not. I was not confronting on anything. So uh, I, I did that for years, and then afterwards we, we had a big argument. But that's that, that. That was like a cancer eating me. So, like I said to our compadres, yeah, for sure, we we need to pick and choose uh, our battles. But it it cannot be all the time. You cannot want to avoid confrontation. You need at times to to explain your point of view on things. And especially, especially if you're in a relationship with someone that's been years and years and years that you've been together, uh, people change. People change over time. It's not because you're married. The, the person you're you're married to now is not the same that you uh, when you met her or met him like uh, ten years ago. That person oh, changed and evolved. So true. And a lot of people you, forget yeah, that. Yeah. And if we don't take the time to to reconnect, because sometimes we, we we fall into the routine of okay work then the kids and then we try to get one or two vacations during the year and then we grind and we hustle but if we don't take the time to reconnect and recalibrate everything oh man it can be so dangerous so that's why afterwards after like you see people after 50 years oh yeah we divorced you divorced after 50 years yeah i didn't i didn't love them what did you guys take the time to to know each other, know about each other's interests. I'm not saying that you need to love exact everything that that person does, but you need to be able to allow yourself, uh, you need to allow yourself to grow and you need to understand the growth also of your partner. Otherwise, you're, you're just going straight onto a wall. It can't always be about you because empathy starts with the ability and the patience to be able to assess the situation from the other person's perspective i know it is easier said than done but it comes with practice and it's only the longevity Mm -hmm. of you know long-term relationships that's going to bring that in and you know just piggybacking on that and um you guys have been together how long uh, it was going to be uh, 12 years in July. My man, my man. My wife and I have yeah. been have been together as a couple, 16. We've been married for 12. And the thing is, uh, right now, and you can totally, you know, piggyback on this one, is the thing is, I, I hesitate to think that right now, a lot of people are not in it for the long run, Max. It's just like you get into a relationship and I see some couples getting together and within the first six months, they already bought a condo and you know what, they already have a kid. And I know I'm probably throwing shade and a lot of people are going to backslash me <laughs> at this, for this, but I'm calling it as I see it. I'm sorry. I'm very traditional and I'm not judging, yeah. but I am concerned. Is that something that you're noticing? And should we yeah. be worried about, you know, the longevity of relationships? Because a lot of people are complaining. Why should I be, if I know it's not working within the first two years, like, you know, why, why saddle myself? Like, let's just call it quits now. How do you feel about that? Well, man, here's the thing, like, Often, a lot of people, uh, often people who, who try to get, uh, try to build fast, they do not understand that the foundation needs to be 
solid. So okay, yeah, we got together uh, and we, we met for, I don't know, we talked to each other for uh, like six months and then we buy this, we buy that. But you need to understand that if you're in it, you, you, first of all, you need to understand that you're in it for the long run. So you want to build something that is solid. But also you need to be able to work on repairing anything that it breaks throughout the traveling of the, the journey of, of, of either marriage or of the, of the relationship. So people are not keen on working on their flaws. It's easier for them to just, okay, we stop it off and uh, it, it's not working. Why is it not working? Is it not working because you're not working on yourself or is it not working because you're not understanding the other person's perspective? So we, we, we need to get back to that. We need to get back to, we, we need to make uh, fixing broken things cool again. We need to do that. So when there's a, a whether it's a, a, a breakage in a conversation or a breakage in the understanding whatever, uh, whether it's uh, whatever the, 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 the different uh, obstacles that we meet in a relationship, that we need to be able to, to, to uh, dedicate ourselves to, uh, to repair that and to work on it and not just, okay, well, I feel like I don't love him anymore or, okay, well, if you, don't, if you feel like that person has changed, maybe you have changed. Maybe you guys have not talked about it. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of symptoms. Symptoms of I want to divorce. Symptoms like oh I want to cheat. The symptoms or or I'm interested to someone else. But the symptoms does not mean that it's a terminal illness. The symptoms just mean that there's something wrong, and we need to sit together and work on that situation to make sure that the symptom goes away. If you if you feel like you're sneezing and you're sick, well you you're not going to start uh, signing your uh, your will because you're going to die. No, you're going to take the steps that are necessary in order for you to get back up in order for you to keep going. Same thing as relationship. Like, we need to be able to work uh, through the, the symptoms, if I, if I can call them like that, in order to see better days. It's, uh, it totally resonates with a lot of stuff that you promote. And you know this as, you know, as, a, as a grinder as you are, as a champion, as an entrepreneur, everything worth having. And you hear this a lot as I mean, anything mm-hmm. worth having is worth the effort, is worth the sacrifice, is worth the time, because it's yeah. a perfect trifecta of elements that need to get you to this little thing called success. And you know yeah. what? There's no going around it. It's not two seconds. There's no quick formula because every couple is different. Obviously, we all have different stories. We all have different scripts that let us here together. And if we're going to walk this journey down this road, we need to be able to understand each other every single day. It's a work. It's a daily grind. And I applaud you for yeah. that because it's not yeah. easy. My man. Um, At all, it's not easy. <laughs> one of the things I also like, always like to tip the hat to, anybody who's published a book is probably in top notch in the pyramid of awesomeness in my book because yeah, <laughs> you know, I know writing a book is not easy, whether it's a cookbook, whether it's anything. But when someone goes, to, goes deep into trying to be the right-hand man of your pregnant spouse, it's something that I truly celebrate. <laughs> I celebrate you for that, man. Writing Thank is you. Easy, and I want you to, like, you know, just to know that it's a very, very big thing for men, for, for, for whether aspiring fathers, fathers who already have been to a two or three kids. Guys, check it out. Max's book, Becoming yeah. a, corner, a Cornerstone. You chose that, 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 that word well. A cornerstone in a house that love built. What, yes. what was the catalyst for that? Um, you know what? Initially, it started as, uh, I think it started as a joke because I was working at a place and I had uh, one of my colleagues who was pregnant and then there was uh, 
um, a friend of ours who, uh, well, actually my, my son-in-law, my son-in-law, what am I saying? My, my godson, who, um, the mother of my godson, uh, who was pregnant. And there were two, three women that were pregnant around me. And I, and I was saying as a joke, I'm like, you know what? One day I will write about how a man should like navigate with the pregnant women because everybody has, has hormones. Everybody wants this. Everybody wants that. So it was, it was a tough situation. And then I, I said it, but it didn't really pay any mind to it. And then afterwards, uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child, and uh, it was a little bit complicated. And then afterwards, on the second child, it got more complicated. And then on the third child, I would say that I was almost like a, a single father because my wife was really sick. Um, she, she, she was okay at the beginning, but then near the end, she was really uh, not feeling well. And I'm like, you know what? I think I need to share that experience about, okay, how you need to roll up your sleeves as a man and really take action and take uh, that, that, that mental as a, as a father to, to, to really provide for your family. And so I said somewhere in the book, I said, well, fatherhood doesn't start when the child is born. Fatherhood begins as soon as you know that you're going to become a father. Your whole mindset needs to shift. So, uh, so I wanted to do that. And also what I did is that I asked um, mothers and mothers-to-be, some of them were pregnant, some of them just gave birth, and some of them were mothers with, with experience. I, I asked them, what, is, what are the things that your spouse or man are doing wrong? Because I want to write something for not only uh, show my perspective on how I did things, but I also want to write something for, for the fathers or fathers-to-be to, to look out for. So I had a, uh, like a, probably like 40 women answering me, and it was, it was great to have the, that type of feedback and see their energy concerning that project. But it was also sad when I was reading some of the, some of the things that, that their spouse did to them. Uh, like if I could share one, like one of the, one of her was like, well, he didn't do anything. Uh, he let me shovel. He let me do the, the cooking, even though I yes. told I was telling him that, that I was hurting. And I was reading that and I was like, man, give me a man's phone number. Let me talk to him. Like, what's going on? Like, I cannot understand how you could let your pregnant spouse shovel the driveway because you had a long day at work and then let her come back home and cook dinner for your lazy butt. I'm sorry, like, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. No. So there, there were some things that were sad, but there was also some, some things that were great. So there was a, a good balance, if I could say it like that. So I wanted to write that book, not only to share my perspective, but also to, to uh, not write just another book where we talk about, okay, uh, the baby is sleeping, and then you know, this is how you change the diaper. We don't need that. We need to know what we need to establish as a foundation to have a house that is based on love. Wow. Well, yeah. and you know, it's uh, it's a very powerful account because these are the conversations that need to happen. Because especially from a man's perspective, a lot of people try, you know, sometimes they that why are you always putting the man? Yes, because again, you don't understand how sometimes it's hard for men to put their perspective out there, and especially yeah. how we can come together, not for our women and for our spouses and our children, and to show a better side of what we perceive our role to be. And I really applaud you for that because it's a really, 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 really great initiative. And it's a terrific, terrific thing. Wow. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So, um, but it's really such a great thing right now. This dynamic that we're living with, it's going to redefine. Do you agree with me that this environment, still talking about this confinement and the whirlwind mm -hmm. that we've been through emotionally and as a society and as a culture, I believe that relationship wise it's going either define 
or test a lot of relationships. It's either going to stop oh, yeah. you or really put things in perspective and say, hey, you know what? Maybe this is all it's cracked up to be. For me yeah. and my wife, personally, it's been, you know, very revealing. And I realized that, you know, having been together for 16 years, we have our formula and it's our system still works. Still testy sometimes, but obviously, but it's ride or die. But, you know, yeah. do you agree with me that for relationships, this is a very, very testy time? Oh, yeah, definitely. It, this, this, like I said, this is going to, it's like, uh, you're going to make it or break it. Like some um, enjoy that. If I could say the, uh, the fact that they could uh, leave and do things and then come back whenever they wanted to and be free or live like a single life even though they were in a relationship. But now that you have to stay with your partner, now that you have to stay uh, with your family and spend time with your family, uh, now it's a different ballgame. Now you realize that, okay, finally, maybe, maybe it's not the teacher's fault if my kid is acting up. Maybe I have a little something to do with it. Now that parents have to, to come together or team up to, uh, to, to, to get through this, either to support the kids or, or even with each other. This is, a, this is a time where couples are going to realize that, okay, either we, we, we put our hands together and we work through it, or either this is going to break us. And I'm hoping and I'm really hoping that, that, that people will choose or will fight for the option of staying together and not let this situation break them apart. Uh, because if uh, the little wind, if I can feel like that little wind of, of, of staying at home is such a shocker, such a housebreaker, man, there's, life gets tougher than that. Life really gets tougher than that. So we need to, we need to come together uh, and, and really make sure that we, we, we fight for, for what we believe in. And, and if you believe in your relationship, if you want to put in the word for your relationship, like I said, it doesn't come easy, but it's, it's worth it. It's more than worth it. My man, my man. Jeez, so much great energy. So much great energy. We could talk, as you can see, synergy, synergy, attra energy attracting yes. the universe. We could be going for hours on end, but I want to keep my promise. I'm a very committed and a very ethical interviewer. So I know we're coming on top of the hour, but Max, first and foremost, Thank you so much for this terrific conversation. It's been a gem and a pleasure. Our first connection, I hope not the last, but I just no, want to we'll celebrate. Be the last. I really, really want to celebrate you for everything you're doing. Thank you very much to Taina for, you know, for introducing us and making that connection happen. I'm yes. definitely going to keep, you know, keep in touch and, you know, just to keep following you on the Instagrams of this world. But hey, shameless plugging time. Where can the listeners connect with you on the interwebs, my friend? All right, so every Thursday uh, we have the Man Cave where we invite men, businessmen, fathers, uh, different personalities to, to come and share their truth uh, about uh, relationship, about uh, how they went through uh, either uh, the sacrifices that they have made uh, with uh, their businesses uh, or, or, or their goals or their vision. Uh, we know that men is we're really goal-oriented, uh, vision-oriented, so we get the time to, to uh, discuss with different men on they're on different levels. So there's uh, there's uh, comedians that, that have made big shows that are coming on, on on the set, if I could call it like that, on the set on the on the IG live. So that's uh, every Thursday at nine. Then of course I have uh, the vlog for my family. It's called Family Cruise, uh, Family Cruise vlog. So that's a vlog that we wanted to do to to share the reality that it is possible to be married, uh, to, to stay together, to have kids, but also to aspire to, to have goals. My wife has goals, I have goals, and we also have goals uh, um, together that we want to achieve. 
So, and then also there's my page, I am Max De La Cruz, where I post motivational, I post my reality, my truth as a father, businessman, entrepreneur. And, Such great uh, energy. Yeah. I love that page. Yeah. I love that page. So visually pleasing. It just like gets me jazz. My kind of page. <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate I appreciate that. Definitely. But guys, don't worry. I definitely, as always, and truthfully and faithfully, I will link up all the web presences for Max on the interwebs, on the blog post once it goes live. Uh, Max, running tradition, not to put you on the spot, but it's a running tradition on the podcast. As we're exiting the podcast, we always leave the floor to the guest. A quote, a kind thought, call to action, favorite citation, a song, a sonnet, a bedtime story you tell your kids. What can we leave them with? You know, taking that next step tomorrow towards the next level. What can we leave them with? Um, I would say, uh, off the, off the top of my head, I would say that you are, you, you are worth more than what you, uh, you value yourself at. Sometimes we, we either, uh, we do it unconsciously or because someone has, uh, decreed or said some, some comments about ourselves, we tend to devalue our worth. Uh, I just want to tell to anybody listening out there that you're worth, you, you are worth a lot more than what you think. And some people will see it and abuse it. And along the line, once you start realizing the jewel and the, the worth and the gold that is within you, you're going to realize that you do not have to, to, um, to endure what you've been enduring. So I just want to leave, any, I just want to leave someone with that. Like there is, there is value in what you have. There is value in what you're bringing and do not let your entourage. It could be close family. It could even be a spouse at times, but if you have that vision and if you have that goal, that thing that you want to achieve, of course it will be, it will seem impossible, but it is tailor made for your future self. So just believe in yourself, continue and uh, you will, you will reap a hundred percent of what you sow. Wow. Ah, how does the, how do these wonderful people keep blessing my platform with these wonderful gems? Guys, you heard it here first. Max De La Cruz inviting you to always tap into the worth and value and jewel that resides inside you. And please make it shine. Yeah. Max, I am yeah. blessed and honored uh, for this connection. Thank you so much uh, for your wisdom patience and of course because all we have right now is time and uh, you know the fact that you actually can hold space for us and share your wisdom and uh, you know just your incredible vision is something that we truly do value on the podcast so thank you very much and again i can't wish you nothing but the best to you and yours you, you know again stay safe i know we're isolated right now but as soon as you know these things calm down open invite anytime you want to be yes. back on the program my friend please just know that you have a friend waiting. Just, you know, I'll have an open slot with your name on it. Not a problem. Thank you. I will take it, Shirley. Thank you very much. Sir. <laughs> Guys, Awaken the Awesome Podcast, another episode in the can. Thank you so much for your wonderful support. Uh, please do rate and uh, share the podcast if you find some worth and truth that can actually be of use to you or a fellow loved one. It's always appreciated. Find us on all of your favorite platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Google. Guys, as always, have a terrific evening. Stay safe. Be blessed. And as always do, stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. 
We always appreciate your support and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.